let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good evening and welcome to the Football Bubble. Uh, what is it, Monday the 25th of October, um, almost uh, Halloween. We have Hello Steve with us tonight. Hello Stephen. Hello. I uh, have Breton. Hello Breton. You're sighting Shepard, fellow. <laughs> Patrick uh, can't be on, obviously he's not on this evening, he'll be back during the week. And Jonathan has been late pull out, he, he can't make it tonight but he'll be back on Thursday night. And I'm sure he will tell you what has happened this evening. Um, and go into detail of it and probably of uh, whatever reprimand he has handed out or punishment he has handed out but I'm sure you'll hear all about it uh, yeah so it's just us three on this evening um, and we're going to talk about uh, the week, the weekend's football obviously we're going to, we're going to focus mainly on uh, Arsenal against Aston Villa from Friday night and I don't really think there was, there was nothing really else on Stephen to really talk about I don't think sure there wasn't no it was very quick weekend football right yeah. weekend um, yeah, we, we'll talk obviously about we'll, we'll get stuff out of the way. Chelsea had a big win too. Man City another big win. Paul Scholes sucked the toe for every goal Liverpool scored. It was quite the weekend, to be honest. Um, it it uh, look we'll get not to be not to be ignorant and rude about it, Breton. But Chelsea won seven nil. Who cares? They went no, just to get out of the way. They they. they Went top of the league, commanding lead in the top table. Obviously, I think the four points had Liverpool in Man City won the evening, but they went uh, like four ahead in goal difference, uh, and then Sunday <laughs> happened. And yeah, I look, I am not the right one to get into this because I'm a Liverpool fan. Obviously, that was uh, thirty-three years of pain. You know, we beat United in other games. Just thirty-three years. Uh, my childhood was just absolutely paid back and some in one game. It was wild. Stephen, it's only fair that I let you talk about this because it's obviously what's happened there. Oh, and yes, then, Brett, and you come in this as well. Just We'll start as the match, as the teams come out, right? Stephen and Brett, and Stephen, obviously, you go first. What's your first reaction when you see the exact same side that we're two 0 down to Atlanta and looked really out of sorts on Wednesday night. I think you saw my reaction in the group chat where he text he's going to finish five one Liverpool, and uh, I think Brendan thought I was joking, but he really wasn't. Like, I mean, everything everything about Wednesday's performance should have been an absolute like kick up the arse for Solskjaer and United. Like all their weaknesses were exposed, and like I got so much grief. From like fellow United fans on on like after the game against Atlanta because like oh like you're always down about United just enjoy the moment like enjoy these comebacks but like like the mistakes they were making were schoolboy defensive errors and like Liverpool or during the Liverpool game yesterday um they popped up a stat about the you know how bad United's defense have been and they they're bottom of the table in terms of 
goals from defensive mistakes, uh, goal chances created from defensive mistakes, uh, and I think it was missed tackles. They were either 18th or 20th in all of these, like, really key defensive, like... Clean sheets? That, clean sheets, that was the other one, yeah. And I just remember thinking, like... And I think it might have been even 2-0 at this stage, but I just remember thinking, God, if Liverpool really, really wanted this, it could be 8 or 9. And I think there was an element of... Once the fourth goal went in just before half-time, Liverpool took their foot off the gas a lot. Um, because they quite, why, why risk an injury? Why, and obviously the second half, the way it played out, there was lots of chances for injuries because of the behaviour of United players. But yeah, I, I think I knew, I just, I said it to Amy, like, I don't even know why I'm watching this before it even started because I just knew how it was going to end. And I was so close to being right. Like, I don't think Ronaldo was offside. Um, I should have been 5-1 and then I would have liked them a lot tonight so. <clears throat> Brett, what, right. about, what about yourself when you saw the teams come out or the team news come out sorry I did not think that uh, what they thought I kind of before the game was thought it was going to be a good game thought it was going to be tight um, if anything the, the lineups sort of made me think oh Canada um and no uh no mane and um Milner and Henderson and Keita in midfield like you know not not Liverpool's strongest eleven as I would say it um I thought United had opportunity then to to go at them and that might have been um it might have sort of give United a false sort of sense of security like. Let's that's properly now look at that team. Let's properly go at them and and um as as Oles said, you know, start on the front foot. Um, the problem is they don't know how to do that. Um, as well um, demonstrated by the first goal was just a shambles. Um, so I don't know if you know, obviously Klopp. Picked that team that maybe was um, forced into some of those decisions, but it, it was I don't know if it was maybe clever as well um, because he he maybe thought that after the it was a game last season I don't know if it was a uh, was it an FA Cup game or the league game towards the end of the season um, United kind of were able to get at Liverpool did they beat Liverpool at one stage last year I can't they beat them in the FA Cup yeah they yes. Liverpool beat them the game that they should yeah. have beaten them it was a, like one of those league games where I think it was the start of Liverpool's run of defeats and Solskjaer went in ultra defensive in a game that he should have been absolutely going for the joker yeah. Yeah. and then did it in the FA Cup and he's like oh this is more important than any league win and you're going what what are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. you know he maybe thought that um that Solskjaer would would do that, which he did, um, but that Liverpool were, you know, super organised and each individual knows their roles. Um, you know, they they know when they've been through it. They've maybe you know the team that that set the standard for it in the Premier League. Um, you know, we heard them say it so much yesterday about triggers, and, and you know, it's that's what Klopp does. Like he's he's a genius. He's on the pitch on the training pitch seeing them do it 
drilling it into them day by day by day. Um, and he knows that no matter who is on the pitch for him, that they'll do it um, to the way he wants them to do it. Solskjaer may as well be the complete opposite. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into, you know, the players individually, what they did wrong. Um, but I mean, there's, there's levels, um, and, um, United just dropped so far below, um, their own standard and Liverpool didn't even need to be at, at half their best. Um, and they were able to do that. And I think Steve's right. I think they took the, their foot off the gas. I think it kind of became boring after they scored that fourth goal. Um, as a spectacle, um, well, it was over as a as a competition, but um, Liverpool didn't need to try anymore, which is so embarrassing for United. I actually thought the fans were unbelievable. I know some left, but you know the amount that stayed and, and chanted and cheered those United players was admirable. Yeah, but they were chanting about Stephen Gerrard. Like I, 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 I May who was who paid like the goods of fifteen hundred euro between tickets and flights to go and watch the game. He's a United fan, and like you know, oh dear. he wasn't leaving. He wasn't leaving at halftime because of that. Like you know, um, because they're they are singing about Stephen Gerrard's never won a league title or whatever, and I'm just going, this is everything Manchester United fans slag Liverpool about, you know, for twenty years about living in the past. About about like yeah. not being able to you know focus on what's happening in front of them, and while it's admirable that they did stay there and they they were allowed and stuff like that, like there's a large large majority of them that need to get their heads out of their holes. Um, when it comes to like just the reality of the situation, like I see Gary Neville tweeting today, like about you know if you'd have told me that United fans would be calling for the head of the man who won United Champions League final, I was like that was fucking 1999. Like, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. It's a lifetime ago. Like, show me what he does as a manager. That's that's all I care about. And I thought about this today. You know, and sorry to cut over you, but just on that, on that particular point, um, it, you you look at it, because it's relevant to me. I looked at Lampard and what what Chelsea did to him. Uh, he didn't have a, as bad a run of results as this, and that was it. He he is, a, I would say, a much bigger legend at Chelsea than than Solskjaer is at United, and there is no, no you know, who care, you're right. Like, who cares what he did as a player? Um, you know, it maybe got him in the door, yes, and uh, obviously a day of execution far too long. Um, but at, at a certain point, you know, five nil, um, at home to your biggest rivals. Um, and not even the result that the, the performance that they put in, the lack of organization, coaching, like, I, I'm absolutely baffled he's still there. Yeah. The only thing, like, we'll, we'll get to South Sherman's but I would say, like, there is, I think it sums up where the two clubs are at the moment. And I mean, particularly over the last, like, sort of five, ten games. United had a chance, had the first real chance of the game, almost identical to Liverpool's chance. And Bruno Fernandes fluffed his lines as he has been doing more and more consistently as we like, I think we might have 10 episodes of this podcast where I said, Ronaldo and Fernandes does not work. We've seen it with Portugal. We've enough evidence from Portugal that it just doesn't work. And that's what we're seeing. Like he's, he's, he's just not the player he was when Ronaldo's on the field as well. And then he up to the end 
and Liverpool had the first chance of the game, slotted home, and that's it, it's done. The game is over at that point, like four minutes in, the game is over because you can see the heads dropping, but not just that. You can see that this is a goal that United concede all the time. Players getting pulled towards the football and not watching where their men are. Like you just, and even at the end of like Luke Shaw was the most left-sided of all the United defence, and he was in line with the right goalpost. Like how how does that happen? Like that is, that would not happen in park football. Like it really would. Because someone like maybe because they're too fat and slow, like but it still wouldn't happen. Like, and then at the end, he 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 tries to like he tries to play um, an offside trap, and you're going like if you actually commit to Salah, and you know try and make that tackle, then you actually might play offside. But what he does is kind of in between. He kind of steps forward and then gets caught on the back foot trying to go back, and then it's a goal, and it's just. It just is so frustrating that, like, they have spent so much money on that defence. Like, they have poured hundreds of millions into it. And it's like they pay an under-15 intern to come in and do the coaching with them. Like, that's the only thing I can think of, because these can't be bad players. Harry Maguire was a great player at Leicester City. Harry Maguire is a good player for England. Luke Shaw is a really good player for England. And they look as if they have never played together when they play for United. And it's like, it's like they don't spend any time on these things. Like, surely, surely they would have trained this week for someone losing the possession on one of the wings and either Robertson or, or Alexander Arnold bombing forward and what they do in that situation. And because that's what Liverpool do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, and, but it's, it's like, whoa, we never expected this. Like and and then later on when you know Pogba was rightly sent off, he he does this thing where he goes to five at the back and he did this against young boys as well and arguably they're worse with five at the back you know defensively than they are with with just three so like it it's astonishing to me like how inept he is tactically and and you know you can see that the players have no respect for him like there's that clip right now though like you know imitating his hand gestures like. Because there's no coaching, like there's the coaching is all. I say this all the time. The coaching is done, you know, on Monday and Tuesday. It's done on Thursday and Friday, and it's you know that's when it's it's not done during the game. Like you said, Klopp is on that training field with them, going through it in minute detail as to what the United defence are going to do, what the United midfield are going to do, and how to take advantage of that. What's Solskjaer doing? Regaling them with stories of how Alex Ferguson would have done this or how Alex Ferguson would have done that. Like, that's what he seems to be doing. Like, it, it's just bizarre. It's just such a bizarre situation for one of the biggest clubs in the world to basically have decided that, you know, winning trophies doesn't actually matter. And that, I think, we'll, we'll obviously get to the owners, I think, later on. But that's ultimately what this all comes down to, is an ownership that has no vested interest in actually winning any trophies. Because as long as they're making their money, they're happy. So, And, you know, coaching-wise, you said about, obviously, you said about Klopp and the differences. Um, but if if Solskjaer, um, if he's not that sort of... There, there's managers that don't do that and, and uh, you know, have people who do that for them, but... Who 
you know, who is doing that for him? It's, it's Michael Carrick because he used to play for United. Yeah. This uh, is, and that's it? Th- th- this is a thing, a couple of things. When I was looking at yesterday, <clears throat> touch on the coaching, you're spot on. Well, you are head coach, and obviously a very good one, Steve. You, you know the crack when it's your time to do your coaching. It isn't just necessarily. And I know uh, American football is obviously different than, than soccer, but it isn't. You're not just getting it. It does leaving it last minute and doing it during a game. Your biggest game, one of the biggest games in world football, is is not a great look. On that as well, just to use an example of Klopp, Klopp will do his part obviously during the week, and you do see him shouting and roaring during the games, but anything tactical, if you watch it closely, is Pep Linders. Mm. So if you watch even yesterday, Naby Keita came over, and Pep Linders was there behind Klopp, and Klopp was trying to talk, and he looked at Pep Linders, he's like, oh, fair enough, you're in charge, and he, Pep Linders was doing the talk, and you're right, like, who who does Solskjaer have? Because Mike Phelan was was amazing, obviously with Fergie and won so much. Such great character as well. He's still learning. Kieran McKenna, we're not sure what's going on there. They're all still sort of learning. Do you know that kind of way? Whereas Pep Linders has had had time. He's gone off to Porto. He's come back in again, and now obviously you can see. And we've talked about this in the podcast before. He does some of the the press conference as imagine he's going to do tomorrow's for Wednesday night's league cup game. Um, but you know he has the experience now to come in. He he has. That's why I keep saying not to take it away from this subject. I think he will possibly be the next Liverpool manager when Jurgen Klopp moves along because he is being sort of trained to do that already. Yeah. I knew I mean, before the game started yesterday, which is the point I had started this whole discussion on about twenty minutes ago before you two took off on one. Um, <laughs> when the team news came through, Brent was always texting me uh, privately, and I was saying, uh, "Worried, no Fabinho." But think I can't, I couldn't believe he went with the same team that he picked against Atlanta. I, I really could not believe he'd done it, and just thought we can get at them. Yeah. And regardless of the goal starting, it was about. I don't know if we'd scored yet or not. I think we maybe had scored, but it was maybe one nil. And instead of Liverpool, maybe just trying to calm things down because the game was quite hectic. Yeah, it was. The first twenty minutes. Trent Alexander Arnold, Andy Robertson were almost playing as a front five. And it was just Henderson on his own, and Milner and Kiter pushing up as well. And I was sitting beside my dad, and I was like, "Nah, we're going after these today." And I knew from then I was like, "No, this is this is here for this Liverpool team. This is here to do something serious here." There was n- literally no fear, and they were leaving Rashford. Like Trent wasn't looking at Rashford; he was leaving Rashford behind him, and, and just hoping, like looking the Canates in. All right, big man, you're in for your first big game for Liverpool. Let's see what you're at. Van Dijk was doing the same. He was just watching Ronaldo. Greenwood, they were they were just leaving Greenwood as well. They weren't like picking them up. They were just like, no, nah, we'll just go forward. We'll go forward and we'll go at them. And you knew from then. And it was almost as if like United sort of, the Bruno chance, and then you could see United sort of wondering like, what's going on here? Like there was so much space there. And it almost, that chance almost felt like it sort of spooked United a bit as well. That they couldn't believe they were in so early on with these chances. And, it was. It was. It, it look. As I said, I don't know if I said it during the podcast, the start of this podcast, or just before it. it that was that. That will not be. T- that was amazing for me. It's the best thing I've seen a Liverpool side do, apart from win trophies. Very very hard to ever top that. But there is that side of it as well. And and yes, people have touched on Liverpool were great, great, but not at their full strength. Yeah, that's amazing. But the bigger story is what happened in Manchester United. I get that too, even as a Liverpool fan. But just looking at it as as someone that watches football, like 
we've seen Real Madrid get beat by Barcelona 5-0 and we've seen it happen the other way around and we've seen other derbies win but you've never watched it and think Jesus Christ they're so, so far to their depth this is wild mm. do you know whereas you watched that yesterday and I'm not just talking about Solskjaer yes he is a, a huge problem obviously but like the players, he's sorry. The players were so over the place, so uncoordinated. It was just, it was mind-boggling. Like I couldn't stop laughing at times at what they were trying to do. Like the second goal where Maguire and Shaw runs into each other, it's just, just perfectly sums up how yesterday was going. It was so, it was, it was really strange. I, I absolutely hate. That game, I hate Liverpool at Old Trafford with a passion because I think we've only won in my lifetime about four or five of them, and we don't we don't like. I think only four of our managers have ever won like there twice or three times or something stupid out of our whole history. Four, and I think it's was it. I think it's maybe Paisley, possibly Douglas, Julier won twice, and then Klopp's won three times. I think. In all competitions, you know, it just doesn't, it's not a ground we get, we're very, many happy hunting grounds, like it's not something we go there and win quite a lot at, and I hate it, I hate it with a passion, I hate the whole week and the build up to it, I just hate it, I love Anfield game, always fancy it, hate Old Trafford, but yesterday was just, it was like an art of body experience, it was, I, I like for me, obviously for you too, Steve Washington, home, what is going on here, it was just, like you're a not coach. And for you, obviously, too. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a head coach. Like, you're watching, like, and, and it's and it's horrible. Like, even I've coached babies. Like, I've coached under eights and under nines. And, and, and you do get, obviously, slapped in some of those games, yeah. which is fair enough. But there's, and there's nothing you can do, because I can't run on, because I'm older. Yeah. I'm maybe not taller than some of them, but I'm older. You can't do anything. But, like, what, like, what do you do? What, like, what, what, what do United do? Let's, let's talk with the players, Stephen. And Bretton, you get in here as well. Where do you go from here? Like, you're picking the team for Sunday. You've been installed as manager. And we'll talk about Solskjaer in a minute and talk about the owners. We'll get into that. Don't worry. We'll get into that. And who possibly coming next? Because apparently Conte's already been sounded out. You're the but manager. As a player. What? As a player, what do you do? Is that what you're asking? Uh, no, sorry. You're a manager, Steve. You're a manager, Bretton. Like, what are you doing on Sunday? What are you doing this week, and how are you getting the best out of this team on Sunday? What is your team? What like what what has to happen, Stephen? Um, I think part of it is that the player he's lost the dressing room. I think that's in, like it's if it wasn't obvious before, it's it was obvious after the performance on. So say say he's gone and you're in charge. He's and gone and you're in charge. Well, Pogba yeah. starts every game to begin with, and Fred never sees the pitch ever again I don't care if there's like a spate of deaths from Covid he doesn't get near the fucking field ever ever and, again and if you're coming in like what do you what was yesterday like I don't I think I know Paddy wanted to talk on this and, and it is right he gets sent off it's a horrible tackle yeah Um, and, and like I know he had, he had the bad one against Wolves but I don't I don't necessarily think there is a nasty streak like that in Pogba I just think it's a clumsy streak maybe sometimes yeah, I think sometimes he overestimates his ability to tackle. Uh, I actually don't think there's a vicious streak in him. I, I hate to use the phrase, he's not that sort of player, but I don't. I genuinely don't think he is. I even think the Wolves one was more... I don't think that was deliberate either. Um, mm. Now, yesterday, yesterday was an absolute frustration there, but, you know, the referee lost control of that game when he didn't send Ronaldo off in the first half. 
Um, because that's a clear kick. He might make contact with the ball, but he is trying to kick the player on the ground. Like, um, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have sent him off for that. But if I'm the, if I'm the United manager, I, ah, Jesus, um, I'm trying to think. It's only Spurs. It is only Spurs. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> I mean, in terms of getting yourself right, uh, it's, it's not a bad game. Um, God, I'd probably drop Maguire, um, even if he is club captain, because you're trying to make a statement. Um, Do you drop him if Ferran's fit? Oh, I absolutely drop him if Ferran is fit, yeah. I absolutely drop him. I'd probably drop him even if he's not. And I'll just take the chaos that comes with Baye and, and Lindelof. Jesus, fair play to well, like, you have to embrace the chaos sometimes. So. Steve is an agent of chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, midfield, McTominay, I could probably keep because I think he's a better player with Pogba beside him than he is with Fred beside him. Um, I move Greenwood into center. I drop Ronaldo. Um, Holy ghost. I start Sancho <laughs> on the right. And. What about Cavani? There's obviously something going on there. There's obviously something going on there. Yeah, but it doesn't look fit. It's the manager, like. Yeah, it's the manager, but he doesn't look fit either, when he, even when he's coming on for the cameo appearances, and it could be just not caring and not trying. But, um. What, what is it? Make, go on. About, um. Is there something about Ronaldo and Greenwood? I, I, I was reading a few things. The, yeah, the, there's definitely, the, like, they're both trying to play the same position. That's the biggest issue. Like, like Greenwood. Greenwood they don't pass each other. What? They don't pass each other. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just Ronaldo ruins the whole thing because what does he offer you? Like, yeah, he gets goals, but like he costs you more goals than he gets. And we've had this like conversation before, you know, talking about, yeah, he'll win you games, um, and he will score goals, but ultimately he's hindering Mm -hmm. the team. Um, because to play the football that United want to play, they have to be a pressing team, and you can't be a pressing team if if one of your players isn't pressing at all because it completely defeats the purpose of the thing. Um, so I drop him, um, and I probably go, yeah, I probably start with uh, with Sancho and and Rashford and Greenwood up front. Um, but it's it's like this is the other thing as well. Like he, he you're signing you sign someone like Jaden Sancho, right, and you get. You know, you pay a fortune for him and he comes in with all this hype and you hear all these reports of how great he is down the right in the Bundesliga. And I haven't seen him play on the side of the field at all. Like, he's exclusively played on the left to accommodate Ronaldo because they show Greenwood out to the right and then play Ronaldo through the middle. And it's like you're setting players up to fail by not playing them in their proper positions. And so, and so that's the first thing I do is play players where they want to play. Um, but like even yesterday, like and, and I hate to hark back to it, like you're two 0 down, right? What mm. is the point of Fred and McTominay still being on the field at that stage? Like I know it's only twenty minutes gone, but make the change. Like you can still salvage a game at two 0 You can't salvage a game at four 0 at half time. Like you, it it just boggles the mind how slow he is to make substitutions or to spot. He should have spotted from the first goal that there was an issue. Like this. He should have spotted from Wednesday night there was an issue. Well, yeah. Well, this, this is the thing. <laughs> That's why I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it was the same starting eleven. I really couldn't. Like, 
Because, like, how did he, like, yeah, and United created loads of chances and probably should have scored two goals in the first half themselves. I, I got yeah. that. So he's, he's probably thinking in that point of view. But, like, Mo Salah's the best player in the world. With all due respect to Atalanta, like, none of their players are probably coming in the top 100. Like, that's the difference in what you're playing against. So, um, yeah. And apparently, yeah, Atlanta were missing five players, which I was not aware of either. And it, it was almost as if um, Sochar heard what, uh, unbelievably, I'm going to quote Paul Scholes, um, and say, you know, he said, do that against Liverpool and see what happens. And Sochar went, all right then, I will. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. It was almost as if he, like, even Rogers and the second captain's headed again this week. Even Rogers saying last week, basically telling the, everyone, "Oh well, this is how we beat them because we saw what they had in midfield. We knew they couldn't press, or if they tried to press, it wasn't going to be great, and we went past it." And it was almost as if some guy went, "I'll show you," and then Atalanta skipped past them and went 2-0 up. Now they came back, great victory, brilliant morale booster. Obviously, and you love those wins too. Like not taking that Atlanta win away, regardless of who's missing or what. You came back final down, brilliant. And then he just goes goes with it again on Sunday, and I, I, I'm as stunned as you, Stephen. I, I couldn't believe he'd picked the same team, the same midfield again, well, regardless of Fabinho missing. I just I just looked at it and went like, he's just opened the door for us here. Yeah, but the, the thing is, we could all believe it. Because that's what he's done. He's just made batshit stupid decisions his entire tenure as, as coach. And, like, dramatic comebacks is not a managerial philosophy. I just, like, he shouldn't have got, he shouldn't have been in charge this season. He did what he was brought in to do, which stabilised the club after a succession of poor managers and poor, poor decisions. Brought in some decent players. But in an era when marauding wing backs are like essential for success, he pays fifty odd million for Armand Basaka, who can't cross the ball. Like and defensively, yeah, he's a. I think he's. I think he's a really good defender, despite yesterday. But he can't cross the ball, and that's what you need wing backs for. And Luke Shaw is more comfortable cutting inside and shooting than he is crossing as well. So, like that, that even that, like is a fundamental flaw in the... If Tella is there, and it's like he's disappeared. Like, he plays the odd League Cup game and stuff like that, but I thought he looked really, really good last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and can cross the ball. And yet can't get near the field. I'd almost I'd almost be tempted, actually, thinking back to, you know, what my starting level might be. I might shove Shaw inside to centre-half and... Go three Tella's. at the back? What? Go three, go yeah, three. pretty much go three at the back, yeah. Um, and then have Tellez, um, play as well. So, I don't like, it just, just, it, that's, a, that's going to be a really tough job for whoever the next manager is. Like, I, and it doesn't matter who they bring in, I think it's going to be tough because that is a dressing room of players who are absolutely disillusioned with everything at the moment. Um, and his first job is going to have to be to drop Ronaldo. Like that's that's the thing for whoever the new boss is. Like that, like I don't see a workable situation with Ronaldo there. I really don't. Like there's enough there's enough evidence to whatever it is ten games now between Premier League and Europe and stuff like that that he's more of a hindrance than a help. Um, 
and it's just it's a it was a failed experiment and a very costly failed experiment in terms of wages and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just not looking good. What would you do, Brent? What would what would you do? Would you do anything differently to what Steve said there? It's, it's very hard because I think it is they're at they're at an all time low. I think a social put it. <clears throat> Or I don't know if he was talking about himself, but the team probably are as well. Um, I think <clears throat> I think I keep McGuire. Um, I think I keep him starting because um, I don't know when Vran's going to be back, but I think he's he he's made much better by Vran being there. I think he obviously was was forced to come back um, early uh, from his injury, and he's I'm not a, a huge fan of McGuire, but. Um, I think he's he's looked off his own standard. Um, I don't think he's being helped by um, the sort of haphazard tactics that Solskjaer is deploying. Um, I, I don't think really any of that United back four suit um, trying to push up the pitch. You saw it with Wan-Bissaka for the first goal. I mean... Uh, I thought Wambasak was very, very poor yesterday. Um, I, I thought, um, you know, he goes so high up, he goes over the over the halfway line to press. Is it Robertson? I think. Um, and by the time the ball's going into the net, he is. If we watch it back, he is just cantering back. He makes no effort. Um, same with the with the with the second goal um, at the back post. I think. Jaws there and maybe Milner, is it? And behind as well, who can slot it in if he's not there? That's Wampasaka's post. He, he's nowhere to be yeah. seen as well. Um, I, I, I don't think, I think they, that back four, if Iran's not back, um, I think you probably, you maybe give someone like Dallow a chance at, at right back. Um, but I think Sean Maguire, they're going to be, they're going to be, in the United's best back four, I think you keep them and you just change what they do. They they sit and the two defensive midfielders. I would bring Maddox in for, you know, somebody who, for a couple of games, knows how to play that role. Um, and obviously Pogba's not going to be available, but to bring him in with with McTominay or someone just to sit in front of that back four, have that solid base. Um, and let those players who are ahead of you, you know, um, counter-attack, basically, because what's, that's what they've been doing, and that's probably what, what they're doing, or what they're best at. They're not best at what they tried. Whatever the hell that was yesterday is not what they're best at, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think I, I would um, I would maybe take Ronaldo out of the firing line. Um, but I don't think it was particularly his fault yesterday. I do think he should have been sent off. Um, there was a real aggression in what he did there. It's um, aggression in me is going to volley the TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I don't think the performance was particularly his fault. Um, but uh, again, I'll come back and think it was down to the approach that, that Sochar took. Um you know, someone like Rashford, Greenwood. Um, yeah, pro- probably Sancho. Um, on the right hand side, I think that 
that's maybe the same front three that Steve said. They're, you know, if you're, if you are a new, new manager coming in, that's, you either need to do that or you completely change your approach because you have Ronaldo up top because you can't do half and half. Um, and it, it doesn't look like those other players around Ronaldo are going to make up his workload, which is what has happened at other clubs. I don't think it's clear that they're not. Um, you know, I think Neville talked about the players that, that surrounded him when he was first there, like Ji Sung Park, Darren Fletcher, those boys were, you know, that was their exclusive role to, to work, um, like a donkey and let Ronaldo do what he does. The players now at United, you know, particularly Fernandez, Rashford, Greenwood, we've seen, um, doesn't play Ronaldo in when he has the opportunity. He wants to go himself. He wants to be that star boy. Um, so, you know, the two are, are fighting against each other there. Um, so yeah, I think you have to pick one or the other. And I don't think Soldier is like a strong enough personality to, to do that. And that's, you know, one of, unfortunately, I felt sorry for him yesterday, but I think that's one of many flaws. I don't think he's, yeah, he should ever have got that job and, and he's been in it far too long. Yeah, and we're not sure how long he is going to stay into it because obviously Antonio Conte has been, seems to have been getting sounded out. Um, well, the job, and if that happens, obviously, Steve, we will get your reaction on that. But if he's, if it's okay with both of you, can we, can we touch on Mohamed Salah? Um, for a little bit, is that okay if we just talk about him and what he's at this season? Because he's, to be fair to him, he's having a bit of a madness. Um, the uh, the year of who won the league title two seasons ago, Salah scored at Anfield um, against Man United, and that was his 15th goal that season, and that was in January. He's done 15 already, <laughs> and it's October. Now, <laughs> do you think he has a chance of getting close to this Ballon d'Or this season or am I next season now with the form he's been on or do you think it's too late? I think it's genius for me but like, it's not bad. Like It's not being bad at all. <laughs> um, no, it's it's phenomenal. Like It's it's like as as Ronaldo and Messi kind of like saunter off into the sunset on massive contracts and kind of you know very little effort Um it's it was always going to be like a question of who was going to take the mantle of best player in the world and I think like he's absolutely done it and like yeah people are saying oh it's because the contract situation and you know he's trying to force the club's hand good like he's doing it in the best way he's not like it's sitting out and you know you know demanding more money to play again or whatever so you know this is absolutely what you want to see he's like he's phenomenal to watch like his first touch his passing his shooting like there's very little he does badly um, and he's just playing at the absolute peak of his powers at the moment and I don't think it's a question that he's the best player in the world at the moment What are you Brenton? Same best player in the world by a bit at the moment by a good bit um, um, uh, it's hard with a Ballon d'Or um, because a, usually a prerequisite is trophies Um and it might be a bit late. I mean, 
if the Ballon d'Or was was in any way sensible, like it would just be done season by season basis. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's not, of course. Um, uh, yeah, he. It's the the thing about yesterday for me was was how easy it looked for him. Um, you know, I didn't even think. <laughs> It sounds wild, but I didn't even think he, he had that good of a game yesterday. No, like, I actually he, think our best player was Firmino. And Keita, until yeah. he got boofed by um, <laughs> Pogba's tackle, was playing quite well. But I think I think Firmino, Konate for coming in, um, I composed yes, Konate was being so young coming in. And then uh, Keita, I think, I think they were probably better. Yeah. Like, Liverpool in general, we've already sort of touched on it, weren't weren't at the peak of their powers. Um, and I don't think Salah was either. It's just it's, it's finishing is just sublime. Um, especially that, that third goal. Um, even in the replay, you can see he is... And I can tell you how hard that is to do, is sprint at full pace and keep control of the ball and, you know, finish like he did. Like, I think the system back to... Obviously, I was watching it on TV, but the um, the radio commentary... Um, had sort of dismissed it as a chance and said, "Oh, he's taken a touch too far." And then it was like, "Oh no, he's actually he scored," um, because you know he he he's done it so much now that. And I thought De Gea, you know, kind of did all he could in that position, but Salah just found that wee gap in between um his knee, I think, as it went up on his glove. Um, he he's. He's just like a machine at the moment. Um, like Liverpool only had eight shots on target, scored five goals. It's it's um, it's incredible. Um, well, it's and he's, that has been United's best player this season and was probably their best player yesterday as well. <laughs> you know, it just goes to show. Like, Mo has played twelve games this season and only failed to score in one of them. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like it should that shouldn't be possible. Like that is that is FIFA playing FIFA on easy mode, like it really is. It really is. Um, I don't know what Burnley did, but I think <laughs> other teams are going to need to. T- I think he missed a rake of chances in that game, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Burnley yeah. played. Um, Burnley played numbers one to eleven. That's what oh, that is. Yes, that's the secret. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it just bamboozles him when he doesn't see a a team number. He just doesn't know how to cope. <laughs> That's his kryptonite. I will say, I will say one thing though. It goes to show sometimes with a player like the importance of the right coach with the right player because you know we saw none of this with Fiorentina, with Chelsea. Uh, Limited, oh, none of it. Chelsea with Roma. Like this is this is as much Klopp's success as it is Salah's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not to take away from Klopp. It just goes to show that the right coaching setup can benefit any player and likewise so then therefore the opposite must be true you obviously have coaches and managers out there who are actively holding players back um i can think of a few off the top of my head um <laughs> no, but, <no. laughs> but it, it, physically physically holding back. physically holding them back yeah yeah no it it i think it, it like obviously i hate it because he's a Liverpool player but He's just phenomenal. I I will sit down and I will watch Liverpool games, and it's not because I have any interest in. I, I'm obviously hoping they lose, but I will watch him the same way I used to sit down to watch Messi. The same way, you know, you'd sit down, you know, back in the day, um, 
to watch Van Nistelrooy or whoever. Like, but he's just phenomenal. He's just an absolute pleasure to watch play football. And and people say, you know, particularly my dad actually always says to me, um, "Why did we let him go?" And, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I, my answer is is similar to what you said, Steve. It, because it's not the same guy. Like, it's it, not. It, 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 See here, and your father-in-law say that absolutely injected into my veins. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we've plenty of opportunities to say that also every time on City are playing with the Bruyne. But um, <laughs> you, you see, know, on Salah, like, and, and that is that is true from both of Like, we didn't know this was going to happen. There was there was glimpses certainly when he'd moved to Roma then that he was a good player. I'm um, Liverpool signing. We thought, okay, this is going to be a good wide player. Let's see what's going to happen. Then he just explodes. I felt, you were signing, I felt you were signing a very good right winger who would provide a lot of goals. I didn't yes. see him scoring this many goals. Yes. Say, yeah. 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 And he's just like, he's just tied to uh, an extreme level now where it's almost like he, he and if he, uh, you might look at probably too, it is probably too late for this year. I'm not sure what way votes go. But it's almost as if he's gone, I'm going to get that Ballon d'Or uh, at some point. And then he keeps saying, I want to win the title with Liverpool. I want to win this title with Liverpool. And it's almost like he just took it on himself. He's like, right, Rudit, whatever happens, I'm just going to make sure we win. Or we're gonna, and he's just going to go mad. And it, like we, I, In my lifetime, I've seen, like, Fowler was amazing until the injuries. Fowler was, as a finisher, was wild. Um... I saw Michael Olnos, he was great at times. I saw Torres, loved him a bit. I saw Suarez, a maniac, and just couldn't believe what I was seeing at times. So I was just about four players, Artis Suarez. And then Salah is just like, he's a different level again. And it, it is, it is, you, you know, you know, you know what it's like. Like, you, you had Hazard for a while at Chelsea, it was just ridiculous, Brenton. And obviously, Stephen, you've, you've had, uh, Ronaldo, <coughs> pardon me, probably wasn't that as, at his peak, peak, like you'd can't, <coughs> pardon me, Cantona, who was literally like unbelievable at times United when he first came in. But then to see it in your own team when you're not used to it, it's just like this is wild. Yeah, I think I think Salah's a step above all those players you mentioned. Like I, I and that's probably that's, some of that is recency bias, obviously. Well, Salah, but um, you'd have Salah over Cantona. I wasn't a huge Cantona fan. Like, no, I, I knew I knew I picked a good one when I found you, Stephen. <laughs> Cantona <laughs> is probably the most overrated. Oh, Jesus Christ, sorry. Holy yes, keep going. Jeez, Holy Steve. Most overrated. <laughs> United fans have had a difficult enough weekend. <laughs> this, right. this is the best weekend of my life. <laughs> Just the numbers, the numbers, the numbers belie his cultural impact, put it that way. He brought a swagger to the club when this club needed a swagger, absolutely. But, mm. I mean, what did he have? 60-odd goals across five seasons? Like, it's grand, but he wasn't even getting a goal every second game. Like, I think, I just think his cultural impact was more important than his on the field impact. Um, please don't shoot me matches night fans. I know, I know it's been a tough mm-hmm. weekend. Um, but he just, I just feel he is the, the most overrated player United have had in, in my lifetime. Um, 
yeah, so there's that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I actually had me down as the reason why United fans hated us and turned off, but for fuck's sake, Steve, for taking over that mantle, that is a brave, <laughs> that is a brave move. Um, I don't know where else we go with this. We've sort of talked about it enough. I think. Yeah, I think it. I, I was trying to like. I hate. I look. I hate the Glazers. And I'm not a United fan, but I'd also would love just out of pure badness them to erect statues of themselves up around Old Trafford, just because I'm a troll. But and a statue of Ole. <laughs> and a statue of Ole. I'll pay for it myself. <laughs> no, Steve will murder me. Um. You touched on it earlier, Steve, and you were saying that, like, what, what is this club becoming now? Is it becoming a club that wants to chase trophies, or is it becoming a PR giant that, that just wants clickbait and clicks on social media? Um, like, even today, there's been a few skeptics have said, and a few people have been pointing out that releasing stuff to the Manchester Evening News that we're possibly signing out another manager is possibly the club trying to figure out and gain what they can gain from social media, how this would go down. Which, like, to, to even think that, and it's Manchester United, that's fucking nuts. It is, but, like, it just, it's, it's become clear, I think, with how long Solskjaer has been given, that trophies actually, like as I said earlier on, they just don't matter to the Glazers. They just don't matter to this ownership at all. Um, all that matters is that once a year, the Glazer family can take out tens of millions of pounds from the club um, and enrich themselves. Um, that's it. Like That is their only interest. They have no interest in on-the-field success because they have that with their US sports interests. And that will always mean more to them um, as a family uh, than, you know, winning a Premier League title or a Champions League. Um, and it's just that that's the only reason Saucier is in the job. Like, because it, it, if it was a performance thing, he wouldn't have started this season. He probably would have been sacked last season. Like, if United, the, the scope of United's ambition is to lose a Europa League semi-final or Europa League final on penalties... Jesus, that's grim. Like it really is. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think it's going to be like this until there is some way. Whether it's the fifty plus one rule gets brought in, I don't know. I can't see them selling the club anytime soon. So I just, yeah, it just feels like it's going to be this way for a long time. They're, whatever their record shows, that they're going to get the next managerial appointment wrong because they've got every single one of them wrong so far. So. Um, it's difficult to see how they get the next one right. What? So, even if you get, oh, say you got Conte in, you might get some success because I, I honestly don't think they'll they, I don't think they'll go for Conte. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to wake up in the morning to find out Wes Brown was the manager. Like, <laughs> Darren, Darren Fletcher was getting rumored to take over yeah. as interim manager. Like that's that's where they are at. Like they don't, they probably don't want to play, pay a, a manager um, big money. They probably don't have any interest in doing the search. Oh, um, oh, that's the Glazers trying to break in, or someone that's someone reacting really badly to the Cantona take. Um, so it's trash the place. Sorry, uh, it's himself. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Eric. Sorry, Eric. Some just some fell from behind me, and I also shit myself. <laughs> so did I. 
Um, <laughs> it's Eric Cantona. He's coming in to kill all three of us. Um, I thought it was Johnny. An example, <laughs> an example, Steve, will be like, when Liverpool drew with Everton almost six years ago, and uh, we nobody knew anything was going to happen. I was actually in um, B&Q with Sarah, sorting stuff out, and um, for, for the house we were renting, and next thing, phone flashed, Roger's been let go. Yeah. And even that, and it was, now look, that was absolutely ruthless at the time, and there was a lot of people thinking, holy ghost, like he, I know he was slapped 6-1 at the end of last season, but they hadn't started too bad, they drew away at Everton, things weren't looking that horrendous, bang, out out the gap, on you go. Whereas the, 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 like, the comparison is just wild. Or obviously Chelsea are a different breed, like they just they sack you whenever. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Tuchel lost his job in May here. And it wouldn't yeah, surprise you either, Brett, and that's just you know, that's just what happens. I'm used to it. It's a completely yeah. different it's a completely different model. Whereas like I and I do, like like <clears> I have I have sympathy for a lot of the good Manchester United fans, obviously because like, 'cause I'm I'm not an idiot, like and I do have sympathy because you've this great club and it is just been taken along for a ride, like and it it is you're watching what it what looks at me on the outside looking in, and, and yes, yesterday was fun, and, and yes, Stephen, I'll never let you live this down. Obviously, you would do the exact same thing to me. That's what friends do. But there is a part of me goes, looks at it and goes, that's actually sad what's happening out there. That's actually pathetic. You know, this is Manchester United, and it's not just about yesterday's result. It's about as a whole. Yes, you signed, Ronaldo signed, brilliant. Shirt sales have been great, amazing. But when you look at it as on a football aspect, and you look at it, you're thinking, but like... For what? You know, there's supposed to be a football team that's going to win and challenge for things, and they're just not for the fans. Just going, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're you know going. What, you know what it reminds me of, and you'll probably sympathise with this. It's 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 Roy Evans at Liverpool. Like, yeah. came in, did a decent job, steadied the ship after. Like, obviously, it was it was the soonest that Roy Evans replaced. Yeah, but it, it eventually became clear that there's only a certain level to which. Evans could take Liverpool, and that was never going to be a league title. And there's a certain level. And I, I'm a broken record on this podcast saying that Solskjaer will never win Man United the league title because that's his his ceiling is way below that. It's second place. It's maybe a Champions League semi final if they get the right draw. Like that's it. Like that is his ceiling. And it feels like the right thing to do would have been to say, look, thanks for what all you did. Um, to steady the ship, but we have to move on now if you want to move upwards. And like, if they were a club that were owned by anyone who had intentions of actually winning anything, they would have done that. Um, now they probably wouldn't have done what what Liverpool did and brought in Julia to assist in inverted commas, <laughs> actually take over and slowly move Roy out of the equation. Now I don't see. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was that's that's still really weird. We should do a whole podcast around that because Jared Julia. Yeah, we should actually. I really like Jerry Hulier and it's very sad that he's no longer with us. But anyway, side note. Um, yeah, I just think that was the chance. And like, you know, you saw it with, with Chelsea and what they did with Frank Lampard and like an absolute club legend. And some would say, some Chelsea fans, until obviously this, they started getting the results with Tuchel, would argue unfairly let go. Um, because he wasn't half right. as bad as Solskjaer has been. Yeah, like he wasn't half yeah. as bad as Solskjaer has been. So like, but they won the Champions League. Yeah. And there you go. Um, 
And I just, and the thing is, you eventually, what's going to happen and what has continuously happened United since Ferguson left is they go looking for a manager at a time when there aren't many great managers available. Like, there is, there is a, an alternative history where Jurgen Klopp takes over from Alex Ferguson as Manchester United manager and the success just keeps coming because he would have been the absolute perfect man to take over from United or from Ferguson and, you know, build on that United tradition. Um, and I don't know, like, it's maybe Pochettino because he does love to press and he's a good pressing coach as in he, he gets his players here. He's obviously not doing it at PSG at the moment because none of the players give a shit. And maybe that's not, maybe that's going to be an issue at United as well. I, I still think I would love to see Thomas Frank given the shot at one of the bigger clubs uh, and I wouldn't mind it being United because uh, I think the philosophy is right because there's a philosophy there. Um, but again, I don't. The, the the talk is that he has the next three games, and it makes sense if you think about it because there are three games that United could easily lose. Maybe not Spurs because well, yeah, you know, lots Spurs. But like, you know, two of small backs are. <laughs> well, like I, two weeks ago, I said that sure, it's it's only Leicester and Liverpool. United will be fine. Um, <laughs> These are the sort of games Solskjaer wins. Yeah, yeah, that is exactly. <laughs> Um, we have a brother-in-law that told us they're going to win their next six games last Sunday. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are coming for him. Um, so I think what they're going to do is let Solskjaer lose those games and then United have a relative, relatively easy run after that. And that's a nice transition for a manager to come in. I think there's an international break actually there as well, isn't there? Yeah. So that's a nice yeah. spot for a new manager to come in get a bit of time with the players on the training field. But again, the only way they do that is if they've actually ambitions of, of doing anything this season. Because I genuinely think with that squad and with the right coaching, they do have a chance to, to do something in Champions League. The league's gone. The league, like, they'll be lucky to get Champions League qualification at this stage because it's so top heavy at the moment. But like, I think they have a chance to do something in the Champions League. And that's, the sort of thing that can spark, you know, we've seen with Liverpool, like what winning Champions League did in terms of tiding the fans over and keeping them interested, keeping managers and players interested in joining the team. Um, but it all depends on make, like a making a decision and then b making the right decision. I can't they like, I don't know, Brandon, like you probably have a better place to kind of tell me what the Conte experience would be like, but I don't know, I'm just not sure. Um. Winning, um, but but um, I, I don't know if he suits. Like I, I've heard, I've heard people say that, and I think it's right. Um, I, I I don't know if if those group of players would respond to Conte. Um, I think it ends up in jail for murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Um, I, I think Conte wants to uh, come in and. Um, have everyone listen to him 100% intently and do a job to the nth degree. And I think there's, there's too many at United who at the minute don't seem to be on board with, with doing that. Um, and maybe would think that they're, um, above it to a certain degree. Um, 
I don't know. I, I just can't say because he he want to come in and he want to play the five like um and I don't know if you know particularly have the players to do that either. Um, we saw like he he turned Victor Moses into an absolute marauding um uh, right wing back um and I, I mean. As good as his talents are, I don't know if he, he would be able to to achieve that with Armand Basaka. Um based on I think this season. Uh, I, I didn't see it as much last season when you talked about it, Steve, but Wan Basaka is, is a worry for me at United. Um and it was massively highlighted, I think, uh, there against Liverpool. Um although, you know, we could, some of them could probably benefit from a, a Coach who who is that detailed, you know, who's who's like because clearly Sotar, Carrick, Kieran, McKenna, whoever it is, they're I don't think they're long enough in the tooth in terms of yeah. coaching experience to to give people exacts, um, if that makes sense, and and to to say listen. I've been there, I've done it 100%. This is what you should do against Salah, against Mane, Firmino, whatever. Um, you know, uh, we know that Conte would, would probably bring in his his own team. And I don't know if, um, I don't know if United at a higher level would like that. Um, because Conte comes in and, and takes over the club, like, um, and eventually that's usually what gets him sacked is because yeah. he, he falls out with people. And the United have tried that with Mourinho and, and Van Hal. Um and it seems that the board just want a yes man and they've got that at the minute. Um it's probably just you know, for them they probably just wanna see a slight pickup in results and, and and that board would be happy because United will probably finish in the top four, and you know the money train will keep rolling. But it, it's the fans and the and the board are just so at odds. I think, um, in what they want to achieve, um, and, and that's a problem for United fans because they're they're happy. The board's happy. Um, that's it, that, and I think that that is fundamentally the problem. And you know. The fish rots from the head, um, to, to throw a cliche out, but it's true, um, and, and, and that's where we go. I, just as you were talking there, a name popped into my head, and, and maybe it's more agent of chaos stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking about, uh, detail oriented, plays attacking football. There's only one guy. Here he goes. It's Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs> That is the man from Manchester United. Like, just just win every game four three. Like, fuck it. Like, who cares about defending? But at least he gets something out of the attacking players. What about Brendan Rodgers? No, no. Brendan Rodgers has a similar ceiling to Solskjaer. I think he's a better. Co- Don't get me wrong. He's a far better coach, but the ceiling is the same. Um. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the the manager to win a league for United. I I think. I, uh, my opinion on is I I think and this isn't this isn't me trolling I think they should just wait 
note, I wouldn't appoint Conte. I don't. I think this season is going to be. This season would have been perfect for Amazon actually, or uh, to take over the United because it's going to be mental. Um, I I don't think Poch will be at PSG next season. I know people say, oh, he couldn't win the title in France, PSG. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think Poch coming into that United though could do. I think it, I think it could do a serious job. I still think he could. I think they missed the trick the first time getting him. They did, yeah. But but I think if they just try and hold out, that doesn't mean you keep all in that. No, no. If he gets slapped stupid by Spurs, Atlanta and Man City in his next three games, if he makes them play national break, well, then he'll have to go. But it it wouldn't be Conte for me either. No. Can um, I ask a question for you specifically, Phil? Like, yes. Will it take some of the gloss off yesterday if that's ultimately what gets Alcari with the club when they hire someone competent? No, because I, I still don't trust them to do it. Yeah, this is the problem. You see, if, yeah, like that thing, I can't trust them to hire someone competent. That, that nothing, nothing will take the gloss off that yesterday because <laughs> I've been holding out from saying this because I don't want to get myself in trouble, but. <laughs> Alex Ferguson left with half an hour to go, and that was just fucking a chef's kiss for me because that know. man, the great one that he was. Don't get me wrong; I would never not say that he ruined my childhood. Though I said it enough times, he ruined my childhood, and he did it on purpose. And it was personal. I know it was. I know it was from him. And um, just to see that, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is topped it for me. This has like there. There's nothing that could have like they like they could sign." They could, they, like, they, I don't know, they could sign Messi and whoever else and whatever else now tomorrow and be like, fuck it, and and steal, kidnap and steal Van Dyke on us, and I'd still be like, aye, 5-0, whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's, there, there, it wouldn't be a good, I, I got asked that today, what happens if we get someone in now who is brilliant and great? That's great. That would be brilliant for you, but wait still have Jurgen Klopp. Do you know what I mean? So unless all of a sudden now someone time travels me back to '96, that FA Cup final, there's nothing that'll annoy that annoy me from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do get it though, and and it was and it could be ironic that Liverpool handed the handed Solskjaer and that that five 0 job, and then he loses the job, and they do get say Conte in, and he is brilliant or something or whatever. Um, then it'll come back like, oh, legal use happened, but it'll still be like, yeah, but we went to Old Trafford, like we went to Old Trafford one five nil. When do you ever hear that? Do you know? So, no, yeah, I'm, but yeah, I, 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 I do get it. I do get it. And look, I, 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 I text you yesterday. Like, I don't begrudge you personally <laughs> that 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 win. Honestly, as a you know professional <laughs> troll yeah. and professional troll. And, and, <laughs> And hater of uh, of all things Liverpool, um, it, it's things. It does, you know what? Do, do you know what? Actually, it doesn't sting as much as you would think it would because which is a worrying thing though for you. It's just not? because it was so expected. Like it, it was, like, I just knew it was going to happen. I had primed myself for it. I really had. Um, Can I say a wee thing as well? Um. So, so yesterday I watched the match um, with Dad and 
we hadn't watched the match and he just obviously just things that had gone on and different things, whatever. And um, we're watching the match and he was making that humongous roast dinner, which thankfully didn't produce at half time because I was in no mood. I was just too hyper. Mm-hmm. But it went, um, half time happens and he'd already, first of all, he says to me before the game starts, ladies and gentlemen, I've got 15 tins of Guinness in for the match. <laughs> and I was like, the match is 19 minutes. Like, I, that is that is quite the effort you're going to pull off here, Father. So anyway, it's 15 tins again in, in the house. He's a beer fridge out the back. That was grand. I knew it was going to be a decent afternoon. So it goes half time. And uh, he comes in and we're sitting down. And, and I'm drinking a Dac Coke and he's drinking, I think it's like a fifth or whatever pint. And he goes, I'm just going to go out into the kitchen here. Because in mum and dad's house, you can hear... Uh, the front room that we were in watching the match you can hear everything coming from the front room into the kitchen and he goes I'm just going to go into the kitchen here uh, the game we won the game anyway I'll know if something else happens you'll shout so that's alright he goes into the kitchen I'm sitting watching the match and every like two minutes he just bursts out laughing <laughs> I can just hear him laughing away at himself in the kitchen and I had to, to go in and check I didn't know what was going on and he's just like no I'm just laughing at the match like, and then obviously it's five and then he comes in he's roaring and laughing and then he pitters in and pitters out again he just spent he just spent the whole time laughing we ate the dinner or whatever and then Gary Neville comes on here I think we, I know this is a long podcast I think we're just touching him before we finish Gary Neville comes on and he just he's from I watched it till ten past seven and then I had to leave and come come back over the road and he laughed and I mean, he laughed from half six to ten past seven at the TV. He just laughed at it like there was no, there was hardly a conversation coming out of him. He just constantly couldn't stop laughing, and like, and that that for me that was it was the most perfect thing. Like it was just I just w- drove home laughing, rang Patrick on the way home. I couldn't believe it, but just that, like, just the you know, it's just it was the chaotic thing. But just on now, well, just before we finish, because I think it's important you touching it too. Gary Neville has all the tools, and we've said it's enough time to be exceptional at his job. And for the first time, I think, properly now in his career, there's a there's a humongous blind spot for him that everyone else in the world is seeing, and he just won't admit he sees it. And it's weird. It's not unexpected, though. I mean, people. No, I don't. I don't. And I don't. I don't want them to come out and say. I would never want them to say sack, sack, Ollie, because Ollie's his friend. Yeah, but but if, it you, it, like, if it was you as United manager and you were this shit, I would say sack you, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just would. So I think you have to be honest. Like, yeah, if you, can't, you would say that with Miles or Teddy? Yeah, absolutely. They'd be the first ones I'd say it to. <laughs> um, no, I just think, like, if you can't, like, his job is to is literally to tell it like it is. That is what the role of a pundit is, is to describe what they're seeing. And he doesn't do that. Like he and to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of having the two of them on, you know, I think it's it's a bit fucking cheesy and stuff like that, the Carragher Neville thing on um, mm. on United Games and you know, I think we've we've spoken about this before as well. Like uh, the two of them are exceptional pundits. Except when it comes to United and Liverpool. Um, and it, it's a shame because for the other 18 teams in the league, it's, it's, you know, Monday Night Football used to be appointment television. Uh, and now it's just drifted into like, just, I don't know, they're trying to out banter each other or whatever. Like, and it's just a bit sad. But on the main, on the main point of it, Solskjaer, right? It, I think that the tweet today sums it up, this thing about like, oh, what he did for us in 99, like, 
Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. never mind that, like, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's two notable contributions for Manchester United were a last-minute goal in the Champions League final. Fine. A Champions League final that Bayern Munich absolutely should have been out the door in. Should have won 5-0. Like, we're all over United. And fluke win. His other thing was, a f- like, four goals as a substitute. Like, that's it. Like, that is... <laughs> those are his two contributions for Manchester United in all his time with the club. Um... And I I just don't get it. It's, it's not like it's a Roy Keane. It's not like it's an Eric Cantona. It's not like it's Steve Bruce even. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Steve Bruce getting the kind of protection that, that, uh, Solskjaer is getting from the likes of Neville and stuff. I completely would get because club captain, you know, club legend, all of those things. But Solskjaer, I, I, I just don't understand it. And, Exactly, I know I used the Roy Evans thing earlier on, but exactly what happened to Liverpool in when I was a kid in the 90s and well, when I was a teenager in the 90s and things like that is happening to United. It's that so Liverpool were the dominant team in the 70s, all those and 80s, all those players retire, they become pundits, heaps loads of pressure and on. The Liverpool management of the day, and it's really hard for them to be successful. Then what happens is United become the successful team. All those all those players retire and become pundits, and now those pundits are there, like kind of looking over the show. Like look at BT Sport, look at Sky Sports, like Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scold, Gary Neville, like Roy Keane, like it's it's flooded with ex Manchester United players, and so that's really really difficult as well. I think it's an un kind of Neville aside, it's an unmentioned thing because, you know, Paul Scholes had an interesting week for many reasons, but he still nailed it. He still absolutely nailed what was going to happen on, on Good choice on, of words. Yeah. I mean, Paul Scholes had an interesting week there. Is, I mean, that, is, that is carrying a heavy load, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the pun was completely unintended. I wish it was intended, but it was completely unintended. Um, but like when you Rio Ferdinand acting like a fan and like, when did this happen? Like, when did punditry become just an extension of fandom? And, like, part of fun when your team is winning and doing well. Like, maybe it's enjoyable then. But for me, it's not enjoyable. Like, for me, when I when I listen to uh, someone I know is a Manchester United fan or an ex-Manchester United player, I want them to, I want them to be extra harsh on United because I want to hear the warts and all kind of um analysis of it. And yeah, all I hear is like and even do you know what it's it's this thing about like it's like calling Boris Johnson Boris and Colin Salster Ole. Like you wouldn't you know, you you wouldn't have heard a single pundit call Ferguson Alex before he became a Sir. And when he became a Sir he did become Sir Alex a little bit. But he was kind of in his cuddly granddad stage at that stage or whatever like but it's it's even that like infant like it, it's treating him almost like a child. Um, rather than a grown ass man who's incapable of making decisions. So yeah, anyway, Gary Neville needs to cut the fuck on because his job is there to, to analyze and tell people who are paying good money to this guy to hear his punditry the truth, not just be a PR machine for Salzburg. What about, um, Joaquin as a election editor? Next question. <laughs> 
that would be interesting. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. No, Roy Keane's problem as a manager, and as much as one of my favourite players of all time, he just doesn't have it as a manager. He he thinks he is better than every player he's coaching, and that wouldn't matter if he was coaching Messi or or Luke Shaw. <laughs> like he just thinks he's better than them, and that's never going to to help as a manager. Discipline wise, or like. Giving reading the riot act to a few players, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but no, I, I, I've seen, I've seen that play out. It's not fun. There's enough Axe United players surrounded, uh, you know, in the first team staff and yeah. other staff. Um, I based just on... need the globe clean. Like if, it, if I was the yeah. owner, that's, that's actually an easier question than, than if I was the manager of what I do. If I was the owner, I would just, yeah, I would just clean, clean, clean slate, um, start again, build it from the ground up, bring in a director of football, a real director of football, bring in a proper scouting team. Like, and the thing is, you know, you have lots of young, young, young players. In oh, the great youth coming through. Yeah, but like, wow, it's not like they're being included, like, regularly in, you know, match day mm. 11s or whatever. Yeah, they're continuing the tradition of the match day squad or whatever, like, but like, Ahmed Diallo, like he had a great kind of two or three games last season and then completely disappeared. And I know he's injured, but they're talking about sending them out on loan now and stuff. And it's like, that's the kind of player you could actually come in and make an impact. Like, not you don't build a team around them, but like you expose them to first team football, to Premier League football, and you see what he has. And they, if you look at Angel Gomez, he's, he's gone to Lille. Mm. And like, surely he would have been. A better option than Fred. Like I'm just well, look, Fred. Fred didn't have a great day um, yesterday, but yeah, it's. But even two and Sabi, yeah. the the defender. That's what yeah. Aston Villa. Like, I think he, I, yeah. I honestly think he's a really good defender, and like Aston Villa, <laughs> he's with Aston Villa now. So like, mm. I don't know. Like his game, and you know, I know it's really hard to judge a player off one game, but like his performance against Neymar and PSG in the group stages last year was phenomenal. It was better than anything. Anything Harry Maguire has done for the club, and there he is shipped off. Does that show the potential that he has? And yet, shipped off on loan to Aston Villa with no sign of a recall at all. Like it's just it's baffling some decisions. Like it really is. If somebody could, you know, after a performance like that against PSG, if somebody could actually coach him, you know, yeah, and 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 mm. develop him, mm-hmm. but it's. It's non-existent. Well, we will we will see what happens. I'm sure that has been um, therapy for you tonight, Stephen. No, it's just made me angrier, but thanks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I've enjoyed myself. I must say. <laughs> I've had my um, fun. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed it. I've had my fun. Fuck the rest of you. Uh, I think Brenton's enjoyed himself. But listen, no, that, that was, that, that'll do us for Monday night's uh, football. But with myself and Jonathan... Uh, be back on Thursday to chat more nonsense on TMB and then um, stay tuned because we hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't want to jinx it, we'll have a special guest for you which we'll let you know towards the end of next week or towards the end of this week, the start of next week, uh, we'll be out next Monday night, a special uh, interview and episode which we're very excited about. Um, folks, get all of our stuff, all your all of our podcasts, just uh, look for the Football Babble Pod. Um, get us on socials on Instagram and Twitter at the Football Babble and Breton on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash football babble. 
Boom. Folks, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope my United fans came back and listened. It wasn't that bad. We let Steve do most of the running with it, so direct all your anger at him. Um, just like, actually a bit about Cantona. <laughs> yeah. And just like Paul Scholes, his daughter's toenails, we're off. And good luck. <laughs> That's great.